0: Yeah, there were there were some uh choice vocabulary similes and metaphors used to describe certain acts in this book that were a little abnormal. I did not
1: like. I was not a fan. No. I just Tessa, if by some chance you're watching this, please, please. Just cut out like half the similes next time. They're not needed.
0: They're a value lit- valued literary device. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the we Book Club podcast. I am Maddie here with Courtney. Hello. And today we will be
1: reviewing Unfortunately Yours by Tessa Paley. Now, this is the second book in the I can't remember what it's called series about vineyards. i think it's called
0: vineyards is it not the vineyard like that um we didn't quite love the first book but this one at least i will personally attest i quite enjoyed thought it was cute thought it was good i liked it um yeah this one is like way way better than the first one like almost an entirely different league of Mm -hmm. book
1: to be honest with you this man is sick for this woman he wants her so bad. So bad. So bad.
0: Yeah. In a good way
1: though, not like a weird
0: Yeah. Way. No. Um so this book, unfortunately yours, follows two characters as they usually do. Um we have Natalie Voss, who is the sister of Julian, who was the main character in Secretly No. Wait, yeah, Secretly Yours. Yes. <laughs> um she the, the the sister of that character. Um, And she has recently, if you haven't read Secretly Yours, the basic summary is that she's just, like, come back from being in New York, and she's just gotten um, broken up with by Mm -hmm. her super fancy fiancé. Yeah, fiancé, who's, like, a finance guy, and she just got broken up with by him. And so she's back home, and she's, like not really super happy with the way things are going because her mom kind of treats her poorly her mom definitely favors her brother and she really despises that about her um she also has struggled in the past with she talks about having an alcoholic like being addicted to alcohol or at least her family perceiving her to having an addiction to alcohol um however throughout this book it's very clear that apparently nobody in napa takes alcoholism seriously because she just is drinking and they're like yeah it's fine Whatever. Like, ah, <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Isn't that so funny how that's like one of her little personality traits? <laughs> that she's addicted to alcohol. <laughs> um, so she's not super happy with the way that her life is going. She has a friend back in New York where she has been living for the last few years. Who's like, hey, you know, let's start up our own like finance firm and we can get some investors. You can use some of your family's money that you have and invest into our business and things will be great and natalie's like yeah that'd be really great if i had money but i don't um i need to get my trust fund so she goes to her mom and she's like mom i need to get my trust fund and her mom's like "Mm, well you have to be married so you have to be married and have a job and she's like okay then i guess i'll just figure out what to do on the other hand we have our male love interest august and by the way I love the name August. It is so used, like, all the time now. But I like it. It's such, like, a a cute little name. But I did hear a joke the other day, like, would you name your kid October? (laughs) Maybe. Do you think October will have, like, in a few years, like, 10, 20 years from now, October is going to be a big name? I don't know. I mean, like, I don't hate it.
1: People name their kids January a lot. April. June. May. May.
0: I want a kid named March.
1: Some uh, there's some girls named December too. There's not really Possibly. any Septembers, no, no- Novembers. Actually, November.
0: Really nice. Well, no, actually, uh, no. I was gonna say I think I know somebody November, but immediately I realized that it was Andy's song that he wrote about April called <laughs> November. <laughs> anyway, so August Ugh. is <laughs> August. <laughs> august has recently moved to town and he has opened up his own vineyard with the grossest wine possible he's not doing well financially his wine business is failing and he it's really hurting him because he opened up this wine business because one of his friends who died while in duty um it was like their dream to open up this vineyard one day and so he's trying to like fulfill his friend's his friend's wish his friend's duty um, and in the in the previous book, they did have some uh, interactions. Na- I was going to say Naomi and Knox. That's <laughs> not Naomi and Knox. <laughs> I think it's because they reminded me, that storyline reminded me a lot of the storyline. Kind of, yeah. I can see so, it. So August and um, Natalie did have some interaction in the previous book where they were making out together in the back of a barn and uh, Julian important. and... Julian and Hallie like walked in on them and was like what's going on here and then from then on out they were just like not talking to each other like enemies sworn enemies and we don't really get a whole lot of clarification about why that sudden switch um happened between them. yeah but like I don't know That, that was where their
1: initial conflict came from and then it just got exacerbated yeah
0: So it just is, like, one little thing, and then they just kind of decide to hate each other from there on out. Except it's, like, love and hate are, like, very close together on the spectrum. So
1: it's... Yeah. Honestly, let me say, though, that's so real. Because one part, like, especially at school, if someone does, like, one minor thing, it can really just change my entire perspective of them. And I will hate them for all eternity because of it. Yes. Some people are just like that. Like, they do... Obviously, this is a... But I don't think that's super unrealistic. Like... Even if it's a minor offense, sometimes that's enough for me to write a whole person.
0: <laughs> I mean, personally, same. I think that's so. I think that's just like a human thing. I think yeah. that, that's just how we are. Like somebody's like chewing with their mouth open, and I'm like, nope, bye. Yeah, not interested. Yep. Um. So the two of them they they come to they come to an agreement where they are going to get married for twofold. One. Natalie is going to get employed also by August's, August's um vineyard and she is going to be able to be employed and married so she can get her inheritance, her trust fund. August mm-hmm. is going to be getting a not a loan but money from Natalie so that he can put money into his vineyard. That's the no.
1: Yes. Because he got no, he got rejected for the bank loan and they thought if they got married because he'd be married to her and she'd have her trust fund and stuff. And because she had a knowledge oh, in the mind yeah. that the banker would be more open to giving him a loan.
0: Right. Yes. So, regardless, he was going to be getting his loan. <laughs> and they're, they're, they both made enemies with this loan officer guy whose name is Ingram or something like that. Yeah. Some nice Horrible stupid. name. Yeah. He
1: wears dumb hats.
0: Yeah. Um... So they decide they're going to get married, and that is how the plot plays plays out. It's them faking being in a romantic relationship over the span of five days. No, it's more like two weeks in this book, but it's still a really, really short amount of time. Because there's, like, the five days prior to the wedding and then the five days after the wedding. So, like, ten days.
1: Right. But, I mean, at least we had some foundation laid in the previous book. It's not like they just met each other, Ben. It's a, it's marriage of convenience trope. Yes. But this one, you know, I'll say this, too. A lot of marriage of convenience books, like, of, of all of them, this one, the plot kind of makes sense for, from, like, mm-hmm. getting your
0: trust fund and stuff like that. Like, that mm-hmm. that adds up, especially with the time crunch. I don't think I've ever read any marriage of convenience. I think this is the first one. I read a few. That are like,
1: I've read some arranged marriage ones too, which I think are like adjacent Mm -hmm. somewhat to Marriage of Convenience.
0: Yeah, I can't think of any of these that had that. Because
1: a lot of times the plot's like, let's get married to make our exes jealous or something like that, and that's stupid. But like, yeah, to get a trust fund payout. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd be getting married, too. It was... <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that's essentially the main storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're just following them fall, fall in love with each other. And it is a Tessa Bailey book, so there is a happy ending at the end. Of course. So, one day Tessa Bailey is going to come out with a book that's just going to have the most sad, dis- disheartening ending of all time. And it's going to throw everybody for a loop. And we're gonna make your dad read it. Yeah, because he depends. <laughs> loves, he loves
1: sad endings. Endings like Five Hundred Days of Summer. Meet Earl and
0: the dying girl. Mm-hmm. He loves. He that. loved Daisy Jones. So. I, yeah, <laughs> of course he did. Yeah, Daisy Jones had a really sad ending. So certainly. Yeah. Anyhow, so um, let's start. Courtney, would you recommend this book to a fellow reader? yes
1: hands down it's good it's not too long it made me laugh i liked the character's chemistry um storyline was pretty good like i said in the last episode there's one plot point that i think just kind of gets forgotten which is like the contention with her father Mm -hmm. like there's one bad phone call and then we never really hear about him ever again which i thought was weird like i thought there was Mm going to be a confrontation moment at the end of the book Mm -hmm. between her julian and her dad nothing so that was a little surprising to be honest um but that was really i think the only letdown in this book and it was so minute that it didn't really affect it so yeah i would absolutely recommend this
0: yeah i think i would too i think i'd tell uh, people that i recommend this book too to skip the first one and just read this one because you don't really need to read the first one to have any idea what's going on i mean you have like a little bit more of a foundation of august and natalie's relationship but the the beginning of this book touches on that. So it's not like yeah. you just don't hear anything about it. And to be honest, Hallie and Julian's relationship is just so like not good. Um, there's even a part in this book, it's like super meta, where she's like, Hallie's talking to Natalie and she's like, I got really jealous when he was writing letters back to me. And I was like, Yeah, you did. That was really odd. Yeah. You're kind of crazy, Hallie. <laughs> She
1: is. Like that was her whole personality, yeah. is just that she's super unprofessional and also crazy. Mm-hmm. And he's like a well put together college professor. I don't know. Yeah. I did not like her in the first like honestly, they're finest side characters. Mm-hmm. I liked them more in this book, probably because they were barely in there, but
0: Yeah. There and there's like some cameos from like previous the previous book of like other characters, but genuinely like you don't need to read the first book to to understand this book. So yeah. I I would just say skip the first one and just read this one. This one is the one that's going to be worth your time to read, especially if you're somebody who's on like on like a time crunch and stuff like that. This is the good one to read.
1: Yeah. He also he has a cat named was it Menace? Yeah. Love that. So adorable. I love the cat. So person. cute. I am 100% a cat person and that's an excellent name for a cat. Yeah. Um also, I just love, like, the juxtaposition between, like, a big ex-marine
0: and, like, a tiny orange tabby cat. I thought
1: mm-hmm. that was really cute. It is really
0: cute. So, okay, so then would you recommend this book to your younger sisters? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. me neither. Although, I, I just realized that after tomorrow, I'm only going to have one sibling who's under the age of 18. I know.
1: They For what, like, so two more years?
0: yeah she turned 17 she turned 17 in december so one more year one and a half years
1: mm. well to be fair katie turns 18 in december so but i mean like claire doesn't really she's 13 so i can't remember. yeah we'll just have claire to you better up. only be reading
0: percy jackson and nothing else just put ourselves in the mindsets of having like high school teenage sisters when we answer that question From i think on. we'll just make it Would you, would we recommend this book to claire they're all going to no. be like, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I would not. Um, but, uh, no, why would you not recommend it to your younger siblings? It's probably the same reason why I wouldn't, but... Yeah,
1: the, I mean, the smut is there. It's detailed. It's good. I liked it. Um, but, like, it's inappropriate for mm-hmm. a minor a minor teen child person. It's not appropriate.
0: Yes. It is not. Um, it definitely less spicy than My Killer Vacation, but it's yeah. still there. And honestly, there. the smut in this book is better. I mean, I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but it is better than Secretly Yours also, oh yeah, Secretly Yours is, was just gross. Like, not gross as in, like, being filthy. It's just gross as in, like, it's just gross. Yeah. That one was almost, like, fetish type weird.
1: Yeah. Um, but not at,
0: so good it was good but it's not appropriate no youngins yeah. all right so we're going to move on to our four pillars if you've never joined us before courtney night we do a spoiler free and a spoiler version of the podcast we start with a spoiler free version and during this version of the review we talk about our four main pillars which is the witty banter the character development the smut and the realism and we rate them on a scale of one to five and then we do an overall rating of one to five and our overall rating has nothing to do with the four pillars it's just like how we feel in general about the book um but we want we like to base it off of certain literary elements um to kind of help you make an informed decision about whether or not you want to read this book so let's start with the number one most important pillar the witty banter. Corny. what would you give this on a scale of 1 to 5?
1: Um, Honestly, I think... Maybe a 4. Uh, it's not the best ever, but... I mean, like, there's times August calls her, like, a witch and stuff, and that made me cackle. Um, mm-hmm. Like, especially when they're not super... And they're, like, annoyed with each other in the beginning. It's good. It's good all throughout, really. Um, they just have this really great tension and they're both like smart quick on their feet individuals so when they're verbally sparring it's it's just good and then there's it's like a little bit of banter between her and her mom it's more of her mom just being mean as hell uh because her mom is apparently a boy mom very and clearly she just a boy loves mom Jillian, even though now he's going through like some tough stuff right now you know like right. i don't understand why her mom's being such a jerk but yeah like especially there's a scene on a train and like their banter there was i think pretty good so i think it's a four mm-hmm. how about you
0: i i agree um i'd even give it kind of like a higher four because mm-hmm. it was really funny they have really good i think that they have really good chemistry in this yeah, book totally and that's that's something that I think Tessa Bailey is really good at, is writing these, like, really witty scenes and, like, having them have chemistry, especially at the beginning of their relationships. But in this book, Opposed, because one of my main criticisms from last week's episode was that it was just, like, not... Like the, like the wittiness and the romance and all the chemistry like died towards like the more they got together. In this book, they kept up that witty facade throughout the entire thing. So it was a lot more consistent and I liked it and I thought it was really funny and there's some really funny moments in this book. so
1: I agree. it's very much it very much gave like the dynamic that Knox and Naomi had if mm-hmm. Knox was like eight times nicer in his obsession with naomi like august
0: they mm-hmm. they they bet heads
1: at first initially but then he just like head over heels mm-hmm. for this lady um which i kind of loved like i love that he fell so hard first kind of she mm-hmm. has like inklings towards him but it's just really strong for him right off mm-hmm. the bat i think once they enter their marriage of convenience but yeah they're some of the similes and metaphors that tessa bailey uses i'm like why um but aside from that it was pretty good
0: i know i wish i i don't know why i didn't mark in this book but there were some spots in this book where i was like why would you say that
1: (laughs) it's always a simile that she uses too and i'm like "Mm, not necessary
0: Oh, no, it's the one that I, te- I texted in our, in our group about eating pie, and I was like, why would you say this? Just so unnecessary. Why, why would you say this?
1: So unnecessary. And random. So, yeah. But... I was like,
0: it made me laugh so hard that I had to text all of, all of <laughs> every all of my friends to say, L- listen to this.
1: Yeah. It was a little out of hinge to be honest. Yeah. We'll discuss okay. it in the spoiler portion.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so then moving on, let's talk about the character development. So what what would you, let's talk about their character development. What do you think uh, about their general development as people throughout this story? I thought it was pretty good. Like,
1: I, I don't, they're both starting from, like, very different starting points in this marriage of convenience. So August, he's on this mission to, you know, honor the memory of his best friend Sam who wanted to start this vineyard and really what he struggles with is he's very controlling with all of the elements of trying to make the wine but he also doesn't have the knowledge to back it up so he can he's continuously failing and he's putting all of the onus on himself because he feels like he should be the only person responsible for carrying out Sam's dream and like if somebody's gonna mess it up or get it right it should be him so he's just very closed off from help which It's just, it's dumb. Like, I understand where it's coming from. It's just a misplaced sense of, like, pride, I guess. Um, And, like, I I think it comes from a good place, too, right? It's, he really wants to honor his friend. And he inadvertently hurts Natalie's feelings a couple times because she's, you know, she grew up on a vineyard. She clearly has the knowledge. She's struggling, and he just won't ask for help. And she thinks it's because he, like, thinks very little of her skills in that area, like, the same way she feels with her mom and her brother but it's really just because he's taken the onus upon himself to try and represent sam so he towards the end of the book opens up a little bit more about like taking her help and advice she opens up about like why she felt that way so i feel like that's really his character development is opening up the processes of the vineyard to more people so he's not carrying this really heavy burden all by himself um because I, I, while I do think it's honorable, he's not he's not able to effectively carry out what he wants to do by himself. Um, and so, I, like, I think that's pretty real. Like, I think a lot of people will take on projects and stuff that they feel very passionate about, that they have an investment in, and they don't want to ask for help. And they have to have a little bit of a humbling. Um, and so I felt like I really liked his character development in that sense. He, like, he likes her from the beginning, and then he's absolutely smitten. So there's not really a lot... On that front, aside from him just realizing that turning down her help is, like, making her feel insecure about her abilities. Because he just kind of thought it was, like, her offering to be nice. uh, And it wasn't really affecting her at all. And hers is, like, she's had these huge personal setbacks and professional setbacks. She's been in California now for a while. She's feeling a little bit out of place because her mom's kind of alienating her. Her brother is in this really great relationship. And her, you know, fiance broke things off. She made a really bad mistake. Um, hers made a little less sense to me because she basically at the end just ends up deciding to forgo kind of her, her dreams in New York. Uh, and I don't necessarily think that's like a bad thing. She just comes to realize it's not necessarily what she wants anymore, the kind of people she wants to surround herself with um but i did feel like a little bit of a letdown because she i felt like she worked pretty hard throughout the book to like get this money and plan these things out just for her to kind of give up at the end but she did it because she believes in their relationship um and he finally gives her an opportunity to like put her wine knowledge to use Uh, and then in the epilogue we find out that they were Pretty successful at it but I, I think his was better than hers overall I thought they were both pretty good though so I am thinking I'm gonna give it a four
0: yeah I see this is something that I've noticed because we this secretly yours my killer vacation and this one are the only three Tessa Bailey books we've read so far right
1: mm-hmm.
0: I've noticed a pattern of somebody giving up everything for the other person and I I just don't like when that is, like, the main thing that happens in these books. Because, like, that's not going to set you up for a stable foundation in a relationship. And if the wrong person is reading this, they could be getting the wrong ideas about what relationships are like. Because, you know, there are some people that, like, I follow on Instagram and stuff like that who are younger and have very clearly, like, verbally have said that they have never been in an actual relationship before Mm -hmm. and if you're reading these books and you're getting the idea that it's normal for somebody to give up all of their wants and dreams and ambitions and anything that they want for you that's going to set a really unrealistic expectation for your relationship and i just don't like that that's
1: I think it's prevalent in her books, but we've seen it in other places too, like mm-hmm. um, Things We Hide from the Light. Lena gave up her job and mm-hmm. everything to move to this small town that just wasn't really yep. what she initially wanted for Nash. Um, mm-hmm. It. I think it's just like a really common theme in a lot of romance novels. But you're right. I, I mean, like, relationships are about compromise, and you can't ask somebody to change all of their desires.
0: And I think, I think- they'll have like a... A strong foundation. Uh, I know I talk about how much I hated Twisted Love. Okay, Ava gives up everything in that book for him. But in Twisted Games, I feel like there's still a pretty good balance, right? Because I don't remember how, like Reese doesn't end up leaving his job, right? Like he's still. He's I don't hate. remember,
1: but Ava didn't give everything up. She moved away, Alex is the one who moved to Europe for her. I know we hate him, but I'm just saying.
0: He gave up where he lives. He didn't give up, like, any of his ties or anything. And well, we see that in Twisted He's,
1: okay. He's a bad person. But, yeah. but, but regardless, yeah.
0: regardless, I'm like, regardless, somebody gave up something in this book. And then we have uh, Good Girl Complex. She gives up everything for, I can't even remember his name, freaking Dylan Sprouse. And then, um... Love in the Time of Serial Killers. She gives up her. Well, she picks a job
1: that's like close to him.
0: Um, but Book Lovers, I don't think so. Right, Anne of Manhattan was kind of
1: a. Because didn't he have to like give up his spot? I don't. That book was forgettable. That was very forgettable. I feel like there was, anyways, it's a prevalent theme in romance novels, that people have to give up everything, which is just crazy. I mean, like, sometimes you have to move to a different state and stuff like that, but a lot of times you don't have to give up your entire career or, like, do something that's the total antithesis of what you set out to do.
0: Yeah, I think the point I'm trying to make is that... um... Like, while it's prevalent in all of these other books as well, it is very, very, very noticeable in In Tessa Tessa Bailey books. Yeah, I agree. And once again, I talked about this last week also. Like, I like Tessa Bailey. I think that she's really funny. She makes really great TikToks and she seems like a really great person. But I just don't like that all of her stories end like this. Or at least the ones that I have read so far. Some of her other stories might not be like this, and it might just be that we've chosen the three so far that just happen to have this type of ending.
1: No. Okay, so I read It Happened One Summer and Hook, Line, Sinker by her, and they are, like, heiresses in that book, and they Mm -hmm. move to, like, this small fisher village to be with their, their bows. So it happens in those two as well. Hmm. I don't know.
0: Maybe we have to read, like, one that we have not, like, that you haven't read and that I, like, obviously I haven't read it. But, you know, like, one story that we haven't read and see if it's in there. And then also I'd like to count how many pages it takes for, this is uh, moving a little bit into the next chapter, or the next pillar, which is Smut. But I'd love to see how many pages it takes for them to start, like, hooking up. up. Because that's another thing that I really don't like about these books is how fast they hook up. And it was a little different in in Secretly Yours because of the trope in it, but this one, like, this one and My Killer Vacation, it happens really, really fast. True.
1: What was- did you give it a number score?
0: Oh, um, I don't- I think I gave it a four, but I'm not 100% sure. I'm gonna give it a four. I think that what you said, like, makes a lot of sense for it, um, but- I just, I don't like, I just, I really hate the, when stories end like that, but yeah. So let's, let's talk about the smut, cause I'm already kind of jumping ahead a little bit here. So, um, that's kind of how I feel about the smut, is I just don't like yeah. how fast it moves. But how do you, how do you feel about it?
1: I, okay, these characters had like a ton of chemistry and it's mm-hmm. part of, it's, it's partially because of the setup, right? The enemies to lovers. Usually when it's executed well, creates really good chemistry that was definitely Mm -hmm. here they do it frequently they also like work their way up to like the big but there's like other stuff in between um so it wasn't as like intense right off the bat um because it wasn't like you know Mm -hmm. the whole show right at the beginning um but i don't know i really liked their chemistry the smut scenes were spicy they're not like the craziest most detailed filthiest things i've ever read but i you know there weren't really any cringy moments necessarily and like they're they're definitely although i liked my killer vacation and maddie didn't i i'm fully willing to acknowledge that there were some smut scenes in there that were like less than tasteful Um, but I liked all of the ones in this book. So I kind of want to give it a four as well. It's not the best ever, but the chemistry is good. It's pretty spicy. And it happens relatively frequently. But like Maddie said, it also happens super early.
0: Yeah, I think I'm gonna give it a four as well. And I don't know if it's see part of me wants to give it a three but i feel like that's me comparing it to my killer vacation in terms of like the actual legitimate spiciness of this book because like comparing this to what we read last week like it's so way less spicy than that one But it's still pretty spicy, so I'm, like, I don't, I'm having a hard time, like, being unbiased rating this one, because I'm, like, comparing it to something that we read that was a five, like, filthy, dirty, gross, where this one is just, like, filthy, dirty, not gross.
1: I feel like this particular pillar, more so than the others, has less, like, logic behind it, right? Because we can logic our way through witty banter and, like, realism and character development but i feel like whether or not smut's good is just like a gut feeling after reading the book so i feel like that one's a little bit more arbitrary but like the way you feel about it walking away from it i think is the most important part and i know we usually discuss like how intense it is stuff like that but normally i just kind of like regardless of whatever the reason reasoning is i just pick however i felt about it and i felt like it was pretty good in this book
0: yeah yeah i think i'm going to give it uh three but it's gonna be a high three. Okay. Um I just I don't like how fast they moved. Like I I like there to be a little bit of build up here. Okay. I like the there to tension. be some Yes. And while there is tension, like holding out a little bit longer would have been like come on already. And that's how I felt about what things we hide from the light. Like I was just like come on people. <laughs> just do it yeah oh don't let your dreams be dreams um
1: but i kind of like when they do that in books like when you get to the point you're like J- come on like yeah it, that's how you know it's a good build up but it's still good
0: i felt like i felt like that's what she was trying to do in my killer vacation but it just okay. was by the time they finally got to act uh, i should have talked about this last week but that's like when they finally got to doing it it was just so unsatisfying because it's like i don't even care anymore like i don't <laughs> care but That's uh this one this one it does take them like a little bit and like to actually like do it but it's not the do. yeah but it's not it's it's a little bit more satisfying when they finally and You're like yes finally but it's not like Yes, finally. If you could tell the difference in my voice for those two, I've been waiting for you boys all day. Yeah, all right. That was a so. The quote if you didn't. Know so, okay. So then let's um, let's move on to the final pillar, which is the realism of this book. Courtney, <laughs> what's your take on the realism? Well,
1: first of all, you may think that people putting stuff like this, prerequisites that you must be married and employed in a trust is unrealistic. It is not. Um, People, when they put their money in trusts, can create whatever stipulations they want and they put a trustee in place to make sure that when the money gets distributed, their, their wishes, the prerequisites have all been filled. Sometimes those are very personal things um, but at the end of the day, it's that person's money that's going in the trust. So they get to decide. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking that's unrealistic, let me tell you, from a lawyer standpoint, it is not. Um do people get married just to release their trusts? I can't I have no idea. That might be a little unrealistic, right? But like there's a lot of money on the line, people do things they wouldn't necessarily normally do in order to satisfy the terms of trust so like i actually thought that part of the plot was semi-realistic right and they clearly have this tension they both can benefit from this um the timeline it was the most unrealistic part right so like they decide that they're gonna do this and her mom kind of forces their hand but they have to get married really quick like in a number of days this huge wedding gets thrown together which Granted, they already live on a vineyard, so, like, venue, I feel like, would be the hardest issue with putting on a wedding that quickly. But, like, her mom really pulls all this crap together, and that's a little unrealistic. Um, the fact, too, that the trustee of the trust, after they get married and he gets dinner with him once, he's like, yeah. Like, I don't—they built him up to be such a skeptical man, and then they have, like, one dinner with him, and he's like, all right, you guys are legit— And, like, they very clearly have feelings for each other, but I just, I I don't know. I thought he should have been more skeptical, if that makes sense.
0: Kind of a little bit interesting, too. Nowhere in the stipulation does it say they have to be in a loved marriage. She just has to be married. So, like, why do they have to prove to him that, like, they're in love and getting married? If they wanted to, like, include stipulations, like, have to be married for, like, 30 days or something like that that would make a little bit more sense or like has to be in a relationship or has to be married to somebody who loves them but at no point does it say that it just says that she has to be married
1: right well the thing though is that trustees are given the discretionary power to determine mm. how elements of a trust are fulfilled um so if he, the, their main worry is that he would think their marriage is fraudulent Uh, It was induced for the purpose of misrepresenting what they're trying to do uh, and fraudulently trying to obtain the money. I I kind of equate it to, like, when people get married for green cards and you have to go through that kind of process Mm -hmm. to make sure it's not just for that one purpose because they, I think the government has an interest in somewhat protecting, like, the value of marriage by not making it a tool for certain economic or other benefits Mm
0: -hmm. so that's
1: where i i see that not being super unrealistic but it it because it's because it's up to the discretion of the trustee so even if they fulfill all of the requirements right the trustee has the discretion to release the trust or not interesting Um, and so that's that was the main issue there uh from from part of the standpoint too is that they wanted him to leave it for the loan but that doesn't become an issue later on in the book right because he ends up getting money from somewhere else but i mean overall the whole scenario they fall in love really quick granted they had a little bit of a build up in the previous book but she gave up everything and she was like working really hard for it the entire book so i thought that was kind of unrealistic um
0: to decide that in five days.
1: Yeah, so I don't know. I think maybe, like, a three
0: on the realism. But... Yeah. Yeah. Um, Can the trustee revoke the trust after it's been given? I don't think so. So I'm thinking, like, if she some... ended up, if they did get divorced, then
1: no i don't i don't i don't think so uh and like my knowledge of trusts is somewhat limited we covered it like the last week of those trusts and estates so i know the main functions of the trustee and i know that you can put conditions on it uh there's some trusts like educational trusts that are distributed at like intervals by the trustee so that that one would be one where like if you stop meeting the qualifications then they can stop your next portion of the trust from coming through but once you give someone money, it's really hard to like get it back gotcha. in any sort of trust, will, estate type planning. It's really hard to like unsing a song once you said the qualifications have been met.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, that was just a question I had about if they had gotten divorced, which they don't. But if they had, um, I'd say that realism. I probably also give it a three. I just the see the thing is is that like the marriage of convenience trope is just unrealistic. I think, um, I just like how often are people getting married just for the convenience? I mean, like, I, this is different than like people settling into marriages. It's like people like getting married for some sort of mutual benefit or like separate benefit, and then like mutually benefiting from the marriage. So, I don't know, I just don't find that, like, super realistic, so I'm going to give it a three also.
1: I think on that particular note, like I said earlier, like, I think marriages of convenience are supposed to be, like, kind of, in literature at least, adjacent to, like, what arranged marriages are. Usually those are founded in, like, a cultural background, though. But I think Mm -hmm. what they're just trying to do is, like, I don't know, westernize the concept of arranged marriages almost in a way that we can like easily consume right because i think at least from watching and i don't know because i don't know anyone who's been in an arranged marriage but from watching like content on the internet and stuff it seems like a lot of times people's families will like pick people who they think are a good fit and then they'll grow to love each other throughout their relationship now that happens really fast in this book but i think it's like a similar concept that's trying to be portrayed if that makes sense Mm
0: -hmm. okay well Um, overall, what would you rate this book?
1: Um, I think it's a four. I think it's a four. Maybe not, like, a super high four. It's definitely not a five, but it's not a three. Like, I would probably, I'll probably maybe read it again, eventually, and I would definitely recommend it. Um, it's higher up on the list of books that we've read on the podcast that I would recommend. So, how about you? Yeah,
0: I, I would also give it a four. I thought it was funny and witty and i think they had good chemistry and the storyline was fun to read and it didn't take me very long to read it i read it pretty fast so i i would also give it a four sweet okay well we are gonna take a real quick break with some ads so please watch them it helps the podcast so much if you just watch the ads um and we will be back after they're done with the spoiler version. Okay, we're back. (laughs) Hello. So if you're still watching, we're about to do the spoiler version. So if you have not read this book and you want to, please, you know, pause and come back once you have finished watching or reading the book. Um if you don't really care and you still want to hear our review, you can stay on. And if you have read the book, of course you're always welcome to stay on. And this is a newer one, so there might yeah, not. Be this a is ton a of
1: people who have already read it. But.
0: Yeah, um, I have a couple of things that I want to talk about in this book. Um, I guess the one thing that I didn't like about this book was how he. So in the in this book, um, August is given the money that he needs prior to the wedding, and so he still marries Natalie. He doesn't tell her about it. And technically, Natalie also has, like, she doesn't have to marry him either, because her dad said that if she doesn't go, if she just doesn't go through this marriage, he'll release the trust regardless. Um, But it felt a little icky to me that he got this money and then just didn't mention it to her. So she's going into this thinking that they're going to have some sort of mutual agreement, and he's going into it because he loves her.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, I he wanted okay so he says that he wants to marry her and he also mentions throughout the book that he wants to help her even if he's not necessarily getting what he wants out of the bargain anymore i did feel like he definitely fell first in that regard and like so when she decides to marry him anyways her dad says i'll i'll have what's his face released your trust anyway because he's super close with homie trusty boy um and if she, he's like, as long as you don't marry this nobody, and she's like, he's not a nobody. He's a he's a noble man. He did his he served his time in the military, and he's lost people that mean a lot to him. How dare you say that? So it feels like more so she chose not to not get married to be like vindictive to her dad, and also because she was just annoyed that he had said that about August. Not necessarily because she wanted to like get married to him too. But I mean like at the end of the book though, it comes out. Everything comes to light, right? About the the loan from his captain or whoever the hell it was. Sam's dad, who was also his superior in the military. His commanding officer, mm-hmm. his CO. And uh, she he thinks she's going to like freak out and he comes inside and she's like, "I also could have chosen not to get married, but I didn't because But I was like, I don't feel like that was because you, like, loved him then. Like, I think it was because you respect him, and your dad already pisses you off, and you don't want to be controlled by – you don't want men in your life to use money to control you. But I will also say that a lot of times in books, when a confrontation like that comes towards the end, and then the man has to do, like, all the groveling, I liked that they didn't have, like, a split-off again. I hate – in books, and this was, like, one of my – big pet peeves with things we never got over and things we hide from the light is like when they break up towards the end over some dumb reason and then there's like a last ditch effort to get it all together and it works out like i kind of liked that that didn't necessarily happen in mm-hmm. this book that she wasn't really like upset about it but she would have had grounds to be which i think he acknowledged when he was nervous when she initially found out so right
0: yeah, I just, I don't know, just the fact that he didn't tell her until, like, the last 10 pages of the book, it was just, I don't know, it just was kind of like, you're lying to her. Like, you're lying by omission, by not yeah. saying anything. And, like, she's, she still sets up the meeting for him, and he still is like, okay, I'll go to it. But then he misses it, and, like, you could have just avoided this whole situation if you were just like, hey, like, um, he's given me the money. And then she finds out from somebody else, not even from him.
1: Yeah, well, I also think, too, like, he had so many opportunities to, like, tell her the truth, especially as they were growing closer and building trust and stuff like that, and I I don't think she would have been super, super upset about it if he had been up front, either. I mean, she's not even upset about it when she finds out from somebody else, and I think it's just because she thinks she, like, equally as culpable, which I don't necessarily agree with, but... I don't know I think like they they do have it's not a breakup but like she decides after he misses that meeting she's like I'm gonna go to New York and meet with this investor I was supposed to meet with I was thinking about not doing it because I think I love him but I'm gonna go because he let me down so maybe he's not as committed to this as I thought he was and then he shows up great like redemption moment um and she ends up turning the investor down but like that would he should have told her then, at the very latest, in my opinion, right mm-hmm. when he's like trying to make amends and he's doing this, what seems like a last ditch effort to like win her back after missing the meeting, he should have just been like, I went and talked to Sam because I felt conflicted about whether or not I should tell you about this and I felt wrong about lying about it for so long and I fell asleep. Like, he should have just totally come clean in that moment, so that was a little frustrating.
0: Yeah, that, that's, like, the one thing I really didn't like about the book. Obviously, I'm I'm also, like, very critical of the fact that they fell in love in five days. Um,
1: yeah.
0: That they went from this marriage of convenience to actually being in love in five days. Like, that, yeah. like, well, and I mean, you could tell
1: that they liked each other leading up to that, even though they were, like, enemies. Like, there was chemistry there, and it came from the fact that, like, they almost hooked up and then didn't. But that's still a really tight turnaround yeah um.
0: there's a, and like there's honestly there's a lot that happens in that five days like he saves like a whole family from a flash flood
1: with which his apparently skills
0: in they don't have those ads That's like turn around don't drown because flash floods are really dangerous i don't care if you're a navy seal like it's still really dangerous
1: yeah, if- okay, hang on. Side note, because my mom likes to watch these podcasts. My mom was a 911 dispatcher, and when I was a kid, she would, like, she beat that. she didn't actually beat it into me. Let me clarify. She- <laughs> she repeatedly said this until it was drilled into my brain, and she's like, don't ever go in ditches, because we get flash floods in Colorado, and I've gotten a billion calls about kids getting swept under and drowning. Mm-hmm. And that's all I could think about the whole time I read that scene. I was like, my mom would yeah. be pissed. Yeah. So...
0: I know, and that, I mean, there's, like, so much that happens in between when they get married and when she goes to New York, and it's, like... Also, her mom sucks. Her mom so sucks. She
1: just, I like, how can you have that much disdain for your own child after, like, they made a mistake, lost their
0: career, and then
1: their fiancé?
0: Yeah, and I think that's something else that we're not totally touching on a lot is that, like, Natalie is an alcoholic. Like, I, like she is an actual legitimate alcoholic she went to rehab mm-hmm. for it you know it, whether or not her parents had the right to send her there after she got really drunk at parties and stuff but then she's like she's like talking about how like it was her parents felt that she went to rehab but then she's like oh yeah and i hold the record for the amount of shots a person could take i took 16 shots i'm like girl that's alcoholism like that yeah. is like the, you well, should have gone me. to rehab and stayed sober like stay out of napa yeah.
1: That's from when she was a teenager, but like her mom makes a lot of comments about her drinking a lot again. But it's it's more mm-hmm. of like a derogatory thing. It's not like a hey, you need serious help. And it's like Yeah. Because her dad was jettisoned off to Italy. And so I'm like, if her if your parents cared enough to like tell you to go to rehab when you were a teenager, why would your mom all of a sudden be like making fun of you for right. instead of encouraging you to seek help? That just seems weird to me. But her mom just sucks. Like she very clearly mm-hmm. favors Julia and she tries to keep um natalie out of things even though natalie is very like driven self-made she made a mistake but she had done like a lot of really great things for herself when she lived in new york and so like the disrespect that her mom exhibits towards her is just absolutely crazy to me um and like they kind of make amends a little bit at the end but like i just hated her mom her mom was so rude and like Mm -hmm. just not I don't know how you can watch your child struggle with alcoholism and just like make fun of them instead of
0: yeah, getting them help. Because clearly Natalie doesn't think that she has a problem, which is common in people who have addictions. They don't th- they think they have total control over it. But like it is very clear in this book that Natalie is an alcoholic, that she is like actually legitimately one and there's no reason why she needs to be in at Wine Down Napa or helping this man create wines it's just not gonna go well yeah he okay so he's also very like picky
1: about the process right and then she gets pissed off at him for missing that banking meeting and she like messes Mm -hmm. with his stuff and he doesn't really get mad like at all which i was kind of surprised about i guess that's like his character development like he's a better person than i was expecting but a lot of times in these books like i would just expect something like that so i guess that's actually kind of a plus that he didn't get very mad about it i think at that point he was kind of coming to the realization that he's been a freak about all of this and he needs to like let people help him but
0: yeah i don't know and then also like the sam's dad coming in and all of a sudden being okay with him using like their name and everything for the for the vineyard he's like oh yeah i'm just gonna take my friend's name and just like run it and it's gonna be like fine and then his dad who never understood why he did that like why his friend was doing this for him comes and is like i'm just gonna give you this money so that you can honor my son properly Uh,
1: yeah i think it's just like a kind of a sense of guilt and stuff about like maybe not supporting his dreams while he was alive Mm -hmm. but i don't know if they delved if she delved deep enough into that reasoning i don't think it's like unrealistic like if you're doing something in your friend's honor and their parents wanted to contribute financially but like i wish there would have been a little bit more depth with that part of the storyline and then the part of the storyline that just gets forgotten is that their dad's an asshole yeah Uh, natalie's dad and she after that conversation they have where he's like if you don't get married i'll give you your trust fund we never hear from him ever again
0: no, which I was is weird. I was expecting a big confrontation at the end. Like I thought that's. What Although to be fair, be. it is only five days. <laughs> it was, was only like, five days that she be, didn't like, hear from him. That they got married. Like I don't.
1: I just didn't understand why her dad and the trust fund were such a big deal at the beginning, and then we just never heard from him again after that phone call. Can like, he? Ch-
0: could could he have changed the trust to be like, actually, I don't care if you're married. Like you have to do this new thing now.
1: Um, I mean, you can make modifications to I don't honestly, I don't think so because it's in the trustees' hands. Hmm. Like he wouldn't have even been able to like disallow because the the reason like trusts have beneficial tax treatment is because the person's basically taking the money out of their own control for the benefit of other people. um so the the government doesn't necessarily want to tax that at like a super high mm-hmm. rate per se. Um, like a lot of people do that to protect their assets, um, with even with like passing away and stuff like that. But you no, know, once it's in the hands of the trustee, you put the trustee in place there so that you're not the one who has a, a hand in it. Uh, but yeah, I don't think he could have done a ton about it. I don't know. Yeah. Apparently, I did not pay enough attention in Will's trust estate. <laughs> yeah i know a few things but i i'm not sure honestly
0: yeah well um i will say that i did like the trope in this book i thought it was executed well i mean it's the only one i've ever read but to me this seems like a good execution of this um and i love their chemistry and their banter it was really good yeah yeah there were there were some uh choice Vocabulary similes and metaphors used to describe certain acts in this book that were a little abnormal. I did not like. was
1: not a fan. No. I just Tessa, if by some chance you're watching this, please, please just cut out like half the similes next time. They're not needed. They are a value lit- valued literary device but everything in moderation my dear dear love also make a book where they come to a compromise and one of them doesn't have to give everything up
0: yeah that would be really great i really don't like how they always have to give up stuff in these books i just not not how it how it is
1: yeah at least she didn't use any of our banned words
0: yeah honestly tessa i will give you props for all the books that i that i've read of yours um, as long as you're not mentioning those band words, I'm good. Well, actually, was it in this one or the last one? There was one of my band words in one of in, in this was one or the last, the last one. one. I don't think it was this one. I think it was the last one, but there was a band word used.
1: Not in this one though. Band yeah. word yep. free.
0: Yep. Alright, well, I guess that ends this episode. Next week. Next week's an exciting episode because we are going to be having some guests and they are going to be men. I know. I know girls listen. I know. And I say girls because 89% of our listeners are female. <laughs> and then um girls and theys, because there's like three percent that are theys. So Yeah, and then the rest are like my male
1: co-workers who yeah just support me through watching this apparently Blake, like but if you're watching it
0: yeah but uh next week we will be diving in into one of what five episodes of yes the harry potter books Woo! that's right yeah so next week we are going to be starting our harry potter books we haven't talked about this At all, yet, I don't think. But um, we are going to be doing five episodes, one episode every other week of the Harry Potter books. We're going to be starting with the first three books because these ones are super short. Um, So Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber of Secrets, and The Prisoner of Azkaban. I read these for the first time last year. Courtney will be reading them for the first time. Ever. Um, We'll be having on my younger brother, Colin, who is a big Harry Potter fan. Huge Harry Potter fan, and we'll also be having on our friend we call him T Boy, but he is really named Terrence. But we're Here gonna call we're him T Boy, and um, T Boy is reading them for the first time as well, so it'll be exciting. You'll have you know the two Maddie and Colin who have read these before, and T Boy and Courtney who have not. First time, and I am very, very, very excited to talk about these. I've already, I'm almost finished with the first one, um, and honestly. Like I said, these these ones, they read really fast. It's after these ones that you need a little bit of time to read because they're super long.
1: We've got our aesthetics nailed, too. Mm-hmm. I literally, I googled Narcissa Malfoy hair when I went in to get this done last year. So, yep. Maddie's got the Ronald Weasley. Um, yeah,
0: or Lily Potter, whichever or, one oh, you want to yes, go
1: with. Yes, a Weasley or a Potter. Um, But also... You know what? Guess what our houses are in the comments below. Yeah, uh, we you- will we will review them. We will we'll reveal them in our next review. Yeah. we'll tell you which houses we're from, Maddie and I. Yeah.
0: Um, something else to, to look out for is that next week. Um, it, the the format's going to be different than this. Obviously, we're not going to be talking about the smut in Harry Potter because it <laughs> does not exist. <laughs> Um, But we will be talking about other things. It'll be similar to our Akatar series. So if you watch that, it'll be kind of similar in in that sense where um, we're going to kind of just like talk about the book itself and then like general aspects of it and then like having like little games and stuff Mm -hmm. as we go along. Um, um, All right. Well, that being said, if you want to see what we're doing when we're not here, you can follow us on our social medias. We've got Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, Facebook, And that's it i know that there's threads now okay i don't know if i want to sign up for them because it's just twitter and i hate twitter um we also have um an etsy store so if you want to go and support the shop you can find our etsy store it is in the description down below we have bookmarks so if you are looking for a new bookmark please support the show by buying them it's kind of like a little a little a little i don't know like you get you get a valuable thing that you can use for your book reading and Help support us at the same time. And they're cute, and we made them ourselves. Yes, exactly. And I guess that is all I have to say. So we'll see you next week. But until then, happy reading.